Welcome to the HF21 series on the CHF perspective and case-based approach on the 2021 CHFS CCS Heart Failure Guidelines. In this episode entitled, Is There a Right Way or a Wrong Way? Sequencing of Foundational Therapy in Heart Failure with Reduced Ejection Fraction. You will learn which drug to start with, whether there is a preferred sequencing to start with, how many drugs can be initiated at once, and how they should be titrated. An on-demand version of the 30-minute episode presented on the same topic is available right now at www.imedicus.ca backslash HF21. To learn more about the Canadian Heart Failure Society and find out more about upcoming programs and initiatives, visit www.heartfailure.ca. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Lisa Melnichuk. I'm a professor of medicine and cardiology and cellular and molecular medicine. I'm also the director of the Advanced Heart Failure Program at the University of Ottawa Heart Institute. And I have the pleasure of walking you through today's case. The title of our case today is, Is There a Right Way or a Wrong Way? Sequencing of Foundational Therapy in Heart Failure with Reduced Ejection Fraction. So let's meet our first case. This gentleman is named Mr. Freeman. He is a 48-year-old male of African-American descent. Now, he was recently diagnosed with heart failure with reduced ejection fraction based on progressive symptoms of exercise intolerance. Multiple investigations demonstrated he had a non-ischemic cardiomyopathy, and his initial ejection fraction was 32%. He was referred to us in clinic with NYHA class 2 symptoms. On his initial exam, he is found to have a blood pressure of 105 over 70, a heart rate of 70, and an NT ProBNP at 910 picograms per nanoliter. Some initial laboratory investigations demonstrate normal renal function with a creatinine of 62, adequate potassium at 4.2, and an estimated GFR of 107 mils per min per meter squared. His glucose is normal and his hemoglobin A1C is 5.7%. And so when we see this patient in our clinic, we really have the first opportunity to help to improve his morbidity and mortality with the initiation of goal-directed medical therapy. And as you can see, this patient is not on any medications to start with. He's clinically euvolemic with good renal function and a reasonable blood pressure. And so the question that we would all ask ourselves in this initial visit is what is the right first drug to start? Would we start an SGLT2 inhibitor, perhaps some combination of beta blocker and MRA therapy? Perhaps we would start an ACE inhibitor or perhaps we would reach immediately to the ARNI in order of um, our treatment choice of preference. And so let's look at the most recent CHFS CCS guideline recommendations. And for those that are familiar with this great document, we all understand that the management of heart failure with reduced ejection fraction in 2021 rests on four foundational therapies for all patients with HEFREF. And that includes an ARNI preferably, or some sort of RAS inhibitor with an ACE or ARB, a beta blocker, MRA therapy, and an SGLT2 inhibitor. And these four therapies are really what we call the foundation or laying the groundwork for our heart failure patients. We should titrate those medications to their target maximally tolerated dose 
And then we move into what I call the personalization phase. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then finally, once we've personalized the therapies, then we really recalibrate the care and make sure that we are providing our patients with every opportunity for morbidity and mortality reduction. Now, when we look at Mr. Freeman and we see his clinical profile, it's very important to understand that there really is no one way of doing this. And there is no proven superior approach to medication initiation and titration. In fact, any of the options that we discussed a few minutes ago would be reasonable for this patient. And so what we advise is that we look at particular clinical characteristics and try to identify what might be the first drug to start, understanding that the goal of treatment is all four drugs, ideally within a three to six month timeframe. So let's talk a little bit about the evidence to support this recommendation of four foundational therapies. Well, we all know that the Paradigm HF study, which was published a few years now, was really a very pivotal study which demonstrated without a doubt the significant morbidity and mortality reduction of an ARNI compared to an ACE inhibitor in patients with heart failure reduced ejection fraction. We also know that it's a reasonable thing to initiate this therapy in hospital based on data from the Pioneer study, which randomized in-hospital patients to either receive Secubitril Valsartan, the ARNI, or an ACE inhibitor. And what they demonstrated at the end of that eight-day uh, evaluation was that the patients who were randomized to the Secubitril Valsartan had a more uh, substantial reduction in the nt p Now that might excite you, but what might be more interesting is the fact that when they followed these patients over time, they found that the in-hospital initiation of the ARNI was actually associated with a reduction of hospital readmission at 30 days. And we all know this is a very significant clinical endpoint. And so our current guidelines recommend that ARNI should be first-line consideration in patients with HEFRAF, and that it's very reasonable to consider first-line initiation of an ARNI before you initiate the ACE inhibitor in particular patients. Let's talk a little bit about SGLT2 inhibitors. And I think everybody is very familiar. This is probably one of the most exciting progresses we've made in our field. And the twin trials of DAPA-HF and Emperor Reduce that without a doubt have established a significant morbidity and mortality reduction in patients randomized to an SGLT2 inhibitor compared to standard medical therapy, which was in these both, both of these trials, excellent therapy with ACE inhibitors, ARNIs in some patients, MRAs, and beta blockers. And these, both these studies established efficacy, they established safety and tolerability, and probably most importantly, as we all know, this clinical response was seen independent of diabetes status. And so this is no longer a drug class that we consider for diabetics. This is a heart failure therapy and is part of our standard of care. But what's the knowledge translation of this? So I'd like to refer you to a paper published really um, uh, recently in The Lancet, which tried to quantify the incremental benefit of four foundational therapies. And in a computational analysis, they looked at the outcomes in patients who would be on an ARNI, a beta blocker, MRA therapy, and an SGLT2 inhibitor, and compared them to patients who would just be on an ACE inhibitor or beta blocker. And what you see is significant survival gain that if 
For example, if you were a 60-year-old man, similar to our case, your event fee survival would be extended by eight years if you were on four drugs over two drugs, or 6.3 absolute years of survival compared to those two drugs. And so I think that that's really important to remember when we're trying to understand the implications of these four foundational therapies. So after the four foundational therapies, where do we go? Well, this is where we start to personalize therapies and we look at the clinical profile. Now, this patient in the case was very stable, but let's talk for a minute about what we would do if Mr. Freeman had an NT pro BNP of say 7,000. Well, that would certainly suggest that he was very, de very congested. And in that sense, we may not want to start things like a beta blocker right away. All, always being very cognizant of the short-term risks of the negative inotrope in patients who are not well compensated. And so you may choose to start perhaps the SGLT2 inhibitor or afterload reduction with an ACE inhibitor or an ARNI to try to reduce those filling pressures uh, as your first-line therapy. Now, what if Mr. Freeman had a blood pressure of 90? Well, this of course is another important consideration because if you don't have a lot of blood pressure to play with, you may not want to start medications which are known to reduce the blood pressure significantly. And so you may choose initiation with something like an MRA, which would have less blood pressure effect. Or perhaps if you're very worried and you can't initiate a beta blocker, there are things that you can consider as alternatives like Evabradine. Now, what if our patient was diabetic? Well, if he was diabetic, perhaps you might choose the SGLT2 inhibitor first, knowing that you're going to hit both diabetes control, renal uh, progression of renal disease, as well as heart failure. And probably most importantly, the uh, question is, what do we do if Mr. Freeman had significant chronic kidney disease? And as we know, chronic kidney disease is the rate limiting step for a lot of our heart failure patients in initiation therapies. But it's important to remember that things like SGLT2 inhibitors, beta blockers, evabradine, many of these medications can be used in patients with severe chronic kidney disease and marked impairment in GFR. Now, when we reassess Mr. Freeman after we get him on those four drugs, we then recap, we, we personalize his therapy. And when I say personalized therapy, I say, let's look at what we've got. And if his heart rate was still over 70 after we've gotten him on maximally tolerated beta blocker, I would look at things like Evabradine, which has been shown significantly to reduce morbidity, largely in the form of heart failure hospitalizations in patients with a heart rate over 70. And as you know, if his heart rate, resting heart rate was above 77, we might actually even be reducing his cardiovascular mortality. And one final comment about uh, the fact that Mr. Freeman is of African-American descent, because we do know that the combination of hydralazine nitrates do have significant morbidity and mortality reduction in patients who are African-American. And this was shown really nicely in the AHAP study, which was actually terminated early because of the marked improvement in morbidity and mortality above standard therapies, including an ACE inhibitor in this patient profile. And so, as we look back on the case, Mr. Freeman is doing very well, but of course we also know that if he is not doing well and he continues to progress with his heart failure symptoms, other therapies can be considered, things like um, very sequat, which we knew from the Victoria study, which showed again, another option at reducing the morbidity in our patient population. 
And so as we summarize this, there are a few practical tips to remember. The first is that there is no one perfect way of doing this and that the initiation of foundational therapy should be based on the patient profile. And in my practice, I look at the blood pressure, the heart rate, the renal function and the serum potassium when I'm making these decisions. Every attempt should be made to get those therapies on within three to six months. And for patients with good blood pressure, without a lot of symptoms of dizziness or lightheadedness, it is very reasonable to use ARNIs over ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers as your first line therapy. Now, although we know that these drugs are very, very important, there are particular times we need to remember where their doses may be adjusted. When patients come into hospital during acute intercurtain illness and they have hypotension or concerns of volume status, many of these medications may need to be withheld, particularly the SGLT2 inhibitors, the RAS inhibition therapy. But we also know that anytime we stop these medications, our risk for our patient does increase. And so every attempt should be made, if not in hospital on discharge, to try to reinitiate these important life-saving medications. So in summary, not one way of doing things, personalization of the approach, but every effort should be made to get our patients on four foundational therapies by three to six months. And at that time, we then look at additional therapies based on heart rate, symptom status, and overall long-term prognosis. So thank you very much for your time. And I'd like to note that this program was made possible through educational grants from Novartis and the BI Lilly Alliance. Thank you. Thank you.